The song just says it so well. This is your life. Is, that who, is this who you want to be? This is how you want to live. And, and that's really what I've been attempting to accomplish in this whole message, this series of messages on, um, on thanks, you know. Um, it's not just an action that we do. It's how we live. And, and I, I want to, you know, one of my, I, I, hesit, I said this in one of the other services, and I'm going to say it again, and I hesitate to say it because it sounds kind of rough, but it's okay. Um, and, and that is, one of, my, one of my purposes in this whole series is literally to, to not literally, to figuratively uh, kind of beat you over the head with thanksgiving. Not for the purpose of trying to make you guilt-ridden, because we're going to talk about that, but for the purpose of getting you to think a different way because here's what I know about it from both in my own life not done that way all the time but also from what the Bible teaches and that is when we live in a way that is thankful and it's reflected in our lives life is just so much better it's just so much better not to, ma- not to mention the fact that's what God says we should do so I want to show you that, and of course that's the way things usually work. When God says do things a particular way, it's because He's saying that because I love you and I created you, and I know how you'll do. I know what's best for you, and, and I know what's going to fulfill you the most. So here we go with that whole thing. And the other thing is this: I got to say this again, even though I've already said it last week. Um, we talk about depth, and sometimes people will say to me, "Well, you know, I I, I really like depth." I like, the, I like the pastor to have some depth in his, in his messages. Because usually when that conversation gets started, it's going to go down a place that I really don't want to go, but we'll go there. Okay, I've done it a few times. Because it usually is coming to come out you know, at the end of that conversation, and I don't think you, you, you do enough depth, which is like, I don't know. I don't respond too well to that sometimes. And, and, and it's like, you know, what do you want me to do? Parse some Greek ver- verbs for you? I can do that, Okay. But that's not going to be much comfort to you in the night when you're really hurting and you're really sore and you really got some problems going on in your life. You know? so, so when you, and, and, and yet many of my friends who are like that, who I, I, I love that and I appreciate that because I love, I love the depth that we talk about when we talk about depth of knowledge. The, the other side of that is, and I've had this conversation with many of you, so some of you, you know, understand that. Um, the other side of that is depth reflects itself in many ways. And I don't know of a way that is greater than in thanksgiving. Because when you're told some bad news, that somebody's going to die, or when you're told that, as some of you have experienced recently, that your net worth is, not that I'm comparing the two, but when your net worth has taken a dive and it's half what it was maybe a month ago or two months ago, I'm telling you, it takes a little depth to come away from that with some thankfulness. It takes a lot of depth. So we, we do that whole thing and we, and we start talking about that and, and, and we've had that, I've had that conversation with many of you at different times uh, in terms of what is depth and what is not depth and, and, and there's, there's many sides to that. But one way that I know one way that I know is depth is when I can be thankful no matter what else is going on in my life. And uh, I was talking to somebody earlier, one of our, we got a bunch of them in this service too, but one of our college students was telling me they had to go, but they particularly, um, 
I had this conversation with two people, actually. One of them is here now, and one of them was in the earlier service. He had to go back to school. Yeah, some of you guys can relate to this. Uh, he had to go back to school and was facing finals, and uh, he was a freshman, and uh, he was like, I'm not feeling too thankful right now, so... I said, well, buddy, you're going to have to get deep, you know, and uh, so that's kind of what we're talking about, okay? That's, that's I, I, know, I know some of that's repetitive and, uh, and all that, but I want, to, I want to make sure you understand it. So G.K. Chesterton, who was just a phenomenal man of God, said this, 1800s, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought, and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. I like that. This happiness doubled by wonder. Just sort of an ah. Oh. No, let's go with that. Uh, now, and who I, I, I quoted this last week, and I, I thought it was very appropriate for this week because it, it's just so, so good. Gratitude as a discipline involves a conscious choice. I can choose to be grateful even when my emotions and feelings are steep and hurt and resentful. It's amazing. Remember this last week. It's amazing how many occasions present themselves in which I can choose gratitude instead of complaint. Why do we, why do we, why that's such a great thought. Why do so many times we choose the complaint? We were, last night we uh, went to see Wintock. All my family's in town. My daughter obviously lives here and, and uh, Ike, her husband. And uh, my son is here with his wife and our two grandkids. They were in the last service and went to see Wintock, which is a great, I highly recommend it. Great, it's the, I think the middle school kids are going. One of our kids here in the church is in that. And um, it's a a Circus Olay thing at the Madison Square Garden Theater. And uh, just amazing. We went to see that last night. So we're coming back, we're catching a train, ended up catching a later train than we intended to. And you've, all of us have been there. And I don't know why this is, but have you ever been, have you ever been in in Penn Station and you've, it, it just seems like, you know, there's a bazillion people there. And I don't, I don't get this. Maybe it's just me, but it seems like all of them are looking for a Milburn Summit Short Hills train. Am I the only one that feels that way? It's like, does anybody live anywhere else? You know, doesn't somebody want to go, you know, west? I mean, east or north or south, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I'm sitting there thinking about that. I'm thinking, oh, gosh. And I didn't say anything, but, but mentally I went there. You know, I start, oh, yeah, man, here we go again. You know, late Saturday night, got to get back. It's so easy for us to go in those places. So we need to think about that. And uh, as a result of that, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do something today. Uh, let me tell you, I got this term. We're going we're gonna to do a thing called increasing our thankful capacity. So where would you get something like that? Here's where I got this. I saw this book, just doing some online stuff. And I, look, I do this all the time, looking at different books or whatever. And, you know, I try to, like, I try to cheat and just see what the book's about. Without buying it sometimes, you know, and sometimes you can do that, sometimes you can't. But this one, I, I had to buy this one because it was, the name of the book was just Thanks. It was just a couple weeks ago. It's just Thanks. And that's the, that's the title of the series, Thanks. I thought, oh, let me take a look. Couldn't find out too much about it, so I just bought the book, got it sent, read through it this week. And um, the, uh, the author, a psychologist, never, don't know him, never heard of him. I can't even say his name to you right now. But, uh, but if you want to look at the book, it's called Thanks. Just Google it. He's a psychologist and had some interesting points. And I'm not drinking all of his Kool-Aid, but, but he, had some, he had some interesting points that, that, that I would just mention. And, and his point, he, he talked about this thing called a, a, a set point in all of us for gratitude. We all have a set point. 
And it's like, and then he went through some different things as to how that, how that happens. It has to do with our upbringing. It has to do with maybe even genetics. It has to do with some other kinds of things. Some of it I don't, I don't know that, I'm, that I follow or, or necessarily agree with. But here's what I did like, and, and, and this is the part that I want. I've just borrowed kind of a few phrases from his book. And that is, I like this whole, he didn't use this phrase, but I sort of reworded his stuff. It's increasing our thankful capacity. Sort of our, like our IQ our thankful IQ, sort of our thankful quotient, deepening that maybe, so that we think a different way, so that we're sitting there and we see every single person in Penn Station headed for Midtown Direct to some, so, so we, we don't automatically go into complaint mode, you know? So here's where we go with this. I'm going to show you three things to increase your thankful capacity, increase your depth, really, is what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, you, I'll let you be the judge of that. And then, and then we're going to do those three things real quickly from, from a, a, a psalm that David wrote. In this whole series, I'm doing stuff from David, David's life. Um, or, and, and, uh, and in this particular case, it has to do with just some writings that he wrote, Psalm 103. And then we're going to do a very quick, what I call, Rich's 12-step revealer of the thankful. Okay? Because it's like a 12, little 12-step program. Not making light of that. It's been a very effective thing for a lot of people. But I thought I'd maybe pattern my little, my little revealer of those who are thankful. And then we're going to ask for a raise of hands. Who's thankful and who's not? No, 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 we're not going to do that. Just kidding. I had you from it. What we're going to do is we're going, to have, we're going to have husbands and wives vote as to whether or not their husband or wife is thankful. That's what we're going to do. Okay, how they're perceived, we're going to do. No, we're not going to do that. Okay, anyway, here we go. Let's do this. Um, so let's talk about this. Let's, let's parse some verbs here. Get this thing down. We need to do that. Uh, thankful capacity. What is that? How are we going to do that? Psalm 103. Focus on the details of God's blessings. That's the first thing. Focus on the details of God's blessings. What do you mean? Okay, watch this. Psalm 103.1. Praise the Lord, I tell myself, with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, I tell myself. Watch this. And never forget the good things he does for me. Good things. What is that? Uh, Some Bibles translate that as benefits. Some Bibles translate that as kind deeds. Okay? My point is this. Blessings come in many forms. Now, we in America have kind of kind of redefine blessing. Hopefully you haven't done this, but I think the church in general in America has done this. They've defined, sort of redefined blessing to be material stuff. You know, oh, you'll be blessed. You give, you give your money to, to, to God and to the church and you're going to be blessed. And that's true. Doesn't mean that you're going to make more money. You might. It just means you're going to be blessed. Blessing comes in many forms. Obviously it is money. Sometimes it is Health? Not always. There are some very, very unhealthy people who are very thankful. I know some. Some are here. Um, so, and, and, and sometimes it's, 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 you're, you're thankful for your spouse. Sometimes you're just thankful for, for freedom. Sometimes it's just, just having a home. You say, well, I don't own my home. You got a home. You know? That's fine. It might just be a few mutually edifying relationships in your life. It might be, you, you, it might be some, of the, some of the diversions of your life. Say diversions. Isn't that a good word? Diversions. I learned about diversions from Patrick Henry. I was chatting with Patrick Henry about this a couple years ago. 
at least a guy who said he was Patrick Henry, and he looked like Patrick Henry, and he dressed like Patrick Henry, and he was at Williamsburg, which is where Patrick Henry hung out a lot. So it was Patrick Henry. As far as I'm concerned, my reality is Patrick Henry, okay? And he never said anything else, and I tried to get him to find a No, Patrick Henry. Anyway, and he, you know, if you've ever been to Williamsburg, you look up Patrick Henry. He's there, I think, all the time. And so Patrick and I were talking about that. He'd given a little speech about freedom and so forth. And, 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 and I asked Patrick, I said, what do you do for fun? And he looked at me in you know, kind of a hard little colonial stare, and he said, you mean diversions? I said, yeah, that's what I mean, diversions. You know, I felt about that small, you know, it's a diversion. He said, well, you mean like hobbies, diversions? I said, yeah, that's what I mean. And he told me a few things that he did, which I didn't understand. But um, I was looking for golf, but obviously it wasn't golf. We can be thankful for our diversions, our hobbies, some of our passions. Maybe that's golf. Maybe that's, maybe that's whatever it is you do, you have fun with. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's knitting. Whatever it is. I'm not making fun of knitting. I don't want to hear from all the knitters of the church afterwards. <laughs> You're making fun of me. I did that one time. I, I Kind of said, you know, whether it's golf or football or baseball or knitting. I said it kind of like that, you know. It's kind of derogatory. And man, did I hear about it from some of the people who knitted. But um, I don't know what your deal is, but here's my point. Be creative about this. Be creative. Some of the things that you enjoy the most, thank God for that. The details of God's blessings. Those blessings come from God. All right? Let's keep parsing this. Let's keep going here. Increasing our thankful capacity. Focus on the details of God's blessing. Second thing, focus on the forgiveness that you desperately need. I love talking about forgiveness. And I'm sure it's because I need so much. And I mean that. But I love that. You know, and I probably talk about it most every Sunday, but uh, it's okay. I have a feeling some of others of us here need it as well. Um, Verse 3, watch this. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. What does that mean? We'll come back to it. He ransoms me from death and surrounds me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. So I haven't gotten that yet. Hang on. Um, let's go back to verse 3. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. Obviously, we know what he means by forgiving all my sins. What does healing my diseases mean? Well, it means a couple things. One is any healing that is done in a person's life is from God. It may be pharmaceuticals. It may be surgery. It may be something else. But it comes from God. And that's his point. It doesn't mean that we're always going to be healed of everything. Because if that were the case, we'd, we'd never die. And we know that's not, we know that's not going to happen. So he's talking about God as the healer. He is. We pray, we pray for me. We have a prayer. We have a prayer chain here. Not prayer chain. Prayer group of people here who um, who pray. Um, if you ever have a prayer request, you have someone you want us to pray for. Let let me know or Kathy back in the kitchen if you know Kathy or or anybody that you know. And we'll get we'll get that. We have like I don't know. There's a whole bunch of people and they pray. Uh, and they, you, we send it around by email. And people pray. We believe in that. Why? Because does, does, God, does God heal? He does, through a lot of different methods. Well, I thought the doctor did that. Well, who do you think gives them the ability? And who gives the healing? Most doctors, as you know, will tell you, you know, they can only do so much. And some will say the rest is up to God, or some will say the rest is up to some, some other power that I don't know about. So focus on the forgiveness that you desperately need, and that includes everything. The other thing about heal, heals all my diseases is, you know, we all have what, what somebody wants once called, this is kind of this is kind of harsh, but deal with it. Um, kind of a we all, we all have kind of a a sin sick soul. We all, we're all fallen individuals who need healing of that. 
And Jesus does that. So he's just focused on the forgiveness that we desperately need. Forgiveness is a key component of what the gospel is. And we need to learn how to live in that. More about that in a moment. Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to get angry and full of unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor, I want to come back to that, nor remain angry forever. Thank God. We give him reason to be angry at us, but, he, but, but he's never angry forever. Watch this. He, he's not, he has not punished us for all our sins. Thank God. Nor does he deal with us as we deserve. <laughs> for his unfailing love toward those who fear him or have reverence for him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Now, just go back to a couple things I want to just point out. Um, He's slow to get angry, full of unfailing love. That's his loyal love to us is another way of saying that. Now, verse 9 is interesting. He will not constantly accuse us. Let me tell you what he's talking about here. He's probably referring to the fact that in other parts of the Bible, Satan is referred to as the great accuser. In other words, he is the one, if you were to, to, to kind of imagine this sort of thing, one constantly accusing people who, any, any person, but especially people uh, who, are, who are believers, constantly accusing them um, of being, you know, if you can picture some sort of a thing in, going on in heaven, and, and Satan coming to God saying, you know, there's Rich Teeters down there, he's a sinner, he's terrible, he's a horrible human being, which could be true at any given time, and, and there's Jesus saying, yeah, but I died for him, I took the penalty for all his sins for all time. So the concept of this accuser is, is really, in, in, in the Bible, is, is given to this, this, this power of Satan. What's interesting to me is that the church, to a large degree, has taken on that role. It's now the church doing the accusing, which is not Bible. At all. It's not in the Bible. The church is the one saying, oh, you're terrible people, you're awful people, you know, you're all going to go to hell. You know, and, and, and the whole thing, and you know, you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you don't do this. You know, it's just interesting to me that we've kind of got that, we've kind of got that turned around. Um, when the truth is, Jesus is the one who says, the Bible is the one who says that there's the, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who've given their life to Christ. Not interesting. How that's got all screwy. Sorry, but that's that's what it is. Screwy. That's not that's 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 what that's why Jesus came. I love that. Anyway, that's, what, that's probably some kind of a reference to that. In verse 10, he, is, he has not punished us for all our sins. All I can say to that is, thank God. Because I'd be right there at the top of the list. Um, nor does he deal with us as we deserve. We all deserve death. But Jesus came to save us from that. And he, 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 he came to give us life. Verse 12, he has, re- well, I love this part. He has removed our rebellious acts as far away from us as the east is from the west. Did you get that? As far as the east is, that's a long, that's a long stinking way. As long as the east is from the west, he's removed our sins from us. Um, no, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him, for he understands how weak we are. He knows we are only dust. Focus on the forgiveness that we all desperately need. That'll make you thankful. That's just, you know, that's one argument I don't have too many times. I don't usually have to argue or try to convince people that they're fallen 
Most people got a pretty good idea. Most of us got a pretty good idea of that. And maybe it's because of some of the things we've done or haven't done. In some cases, maybe it's not what we've done because maybe we've been one of those rule keepers. Don't know what that's like, but maybe maybe the person is one of those rule keepers and they've never really broken the rules that much, but they know what goes on inside. And you see, that's just as important because that's, what, that's, that's, that's the other part of this whole thing. We have forgiveness through Christ. That's who David is looking for, forward to the Messiah. We're looking backward to the Messiah because he came in the person of Jesus. Focus on the forgiveness that you desperately need. Now, third thing. Focus on the shortness of life. Life is short. You've heard that. you said that. A friend of mine and I were talking about this recently, and he said this. He was in one of the other services, I, and I, I jokingly, although I didn't let anybody know it, I, I said it this way. I said, I was talking to a friend of mine who's, who's a lot older than me, and I just kept right on moving verbally, and after the service, he told me, I caught that. He's really not older than me, but I said that just because I kind of wanted to get a little dig in. But anyway, um, he's about my age. And uh, I don't know why I told you that, but I thought it was kind of funny. Because um, he was like, as soon as the service was over, I mean, he made a beeline for me. I can't believe you said I was, I said, I didn't say your name. Anyway, um, we were talking about this, and he, but, but he said this, he's, he's about my age, and he said this, and this, 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 is, this is significant. He said, he said, a friend of mine and I were talking, and he said, we talked about not how many years we have left, but, but get this, how many good years we have left. How many good years we have left. Now, by that, he's not, I know, it's, I know where some of you are going with that. You're thinking, oh, oh, you mean like good years financially? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I see, I caught some of you on that, didn't I? Um, just good years of health. I mean, we all, we all have, either have or have had parents and know how this whole thing works. You know? So, but his point was, how many good years do you have left? How do you want to spend them? That goes back to our song. You know, this is your life. How are you going to live it? Life is short. Watch what David says. Look how he says this. Verse 15, our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him, those who have reverence for him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. Our children and our children's children. I, my two grandkids were here this morning and my third one who isn't born yet. Um, we're here this morning. Our children and our grandchildren are going to be blessed by how we live our lives. So when we talk about this, this, this thankful capacity and in increasing that, Focus on the detail, of the, on the blessings in detail of God. Focus on the forgiveness that you desperately need. Focus on the fact that life is short. You're going to grow. You're going to get deeper in what it means to be and live thankfully. Okay, you ready for this little 12-step program here? A little 12-step uh, little revealer of the thankful. Are right, you ready for this? Couple of, uh, a couple of words of, 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 I need to just mention this. This is not a personality test, okay? So you can't leave here, you can't check out right now mentally and say, well, that's not my personality. This isn't a person, these are tendencies. So stay with me on it, all right? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the thankful quality and the unthankful. Some of them you're going to think are trite. 
but and they might be but 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 it's, I really want to make this as as detailed as detailed as possible for you because I want you to leave here I want you to think about this it may cause some discussion between you and your and your family or or a friend or or, or whomever it might be and you need to think about these things okay so here we go first thing a thankful a thankful person smiles a lot simple thing the unthankful well they frown Ask your, ask your husband, ask your wife. Do I frown a lot? Well, only every night when you come home, you know? You know. <laughs> ask your friends around you, hey, I smile a lot. I mean, these are, you know, being self-aware with some of these things. A thankful person is a good-humored person. Doesn't mean they're humorous always, but they're good humor as opposed to ill-tempered, you know? People are just kind of always, always, you know, somebody says, that guy's really even-tempered. He's always mad. I don't know that I want that. Um, a thankful person gives compliments. I gave a compliment the other day. We have this little thing. Not that it happens in our office, but Clay's always kidding me. Our new executive pastor who, who used to be in the business world, and he, he, he'll always tell me, well, you can't say that. That's illegal. He doesn't mean, you know, all the little, the little things. And, and I said something about Kelsey, our children's director, and she's like a daughter to me. She's like younger than my youngest. And I'm like, she's on this new coat. I said, that's a great coat. You look great in that coat. You look really good in that coat. Oh, man, you look great. And he was like, well, sexual harassment, sexual harassment, sexual harassment. <laughs> And, and uh, I said, I don't care. You know, she looks at, of course, we have that kind of a relationship and you can do that. I know you have to be careful in some places. But, uh, you know, compliments are a good thing. They're honest. They're sincere and without any agenda to them. Um, what do the unthankful do? They complain. They're whiny. You know those kind of people? You have those people in your life? It's kind of whiny. It's just like, oh, gosh. And which, me, which brings me to this point. Thankful people are sought out. This, this is cool. Do this. Think about someone who you love being with, other than your mate, okay? I'm going to make that assumption. I don't always a safe assumption. We're going to make that assumption now, okay? Think about someone you enjoy being with. You'd even maybe seek them out to have lunch or, or go, you know, have a drink together or something. What is it about their quality? You know, th- th- I guarantee you they're thankful people. I, I, I will bet you this, and I am a betting person, I'll bet you this, I'll bet you that the person that you're seeking out isn't the negative side of this, which is, you don't avoid them. You ever have somebody like that in your life? You kind of avoid them, you're going down the grocery store aisle, and you see them, ooh, getting this aisle over here, you know, and you see them over there, oh, I want to get over here, you, you're, you're in the office, you kind of avoid that office, you just kind of go around there, you know, it's a path in the carpet that kind of goes around their office, you know, you just kind of want to avoid them. What? They're just whiny, complaining, ungrateful people. I don't want to be around them. I have to be for some cases in business or whatever, but I don't want to be around them. Um, thankful people are cheerful people. Unthankful people, what are they? Grumpy. By the way, you need to hear this from somebody that, that cares about you. Grumpy is not a personality type, okay? So you can't say, well, I'm just a grumpy person. No, you're an unthankful person, or you wouldn't be grumpy. Okay, let's make that clear. So, uh, some other obvious ones. Thankful people are joyful people as opposed to being miserable people. Thankful people, be careful with this one. Sunny, they're kind of sunny, they're chipper, whatever you want to say. As opposed to gloomy. What's gloomy? 
You ever know anyone who's always the victim? Uh, I, know, I, I know a person like that. Played, played some golf a few times with him. Always the victim. Always the victim. <laughs> somebody just, somebody knows me too well. They just, I heard, I, heard, I saw them whisper his name to their husband. Um, always the victim. I mean, oh, that's the worst lie in the world. You know, every time, you've got the worst breaks. You've got the everything. Oh, how can I, you got a great lie. i got a bad lie. Why is that? God loves me more. What can I say? I don't know. You know, I got a better caddy maybe. Maybe that helped. You know, maybe I tip him better. Um, there's all kinds of reasons for that. Hopefully that's not one of them. But anyway, uh, you know, but, but you know you people like that. Just always a victim. It's always, oh, woe is me. You know, they're not great. That's, that's the lack of gratefulness. I mean, maybe it's because they're arrogant. Maybe it's because they're entitled. Maybe it's a combination of, of, of the other. But one thing we know, that's not a grateful attitude. It's not a grateful attitude. How about this one? Thankful. Thankful people are jovial people. What's the opposite of that? Does the term wet blanket mean anything to you? You know? They're just, they're just the proverbial wet blanket. And the minute they walk into a room, you just, it's like, you know what I mean? Just, you like that? I mean, you know what I mean by that? Yeah, they're just, it's just, they change the dynamic. It's just tough. Great, uh, thankful people are positive people. They're, they're the opposite, obviously negative, just some basic things. Here. Let, me, let me just, last three, real quick. Thankful people are hopeful people. They have hope. As opposed to hopeless. I, don't, I can't imagine what it would be like to be hopeless. Not have much hope to live that way. Some people do. Just get by. Oh. Thankful people have abundance. I mean, I'm talking about a personality. Just, just a whole trait. They're just full. There's just some abundance there. Jesus said, I've come that you might live more abundantly. Jesus said that. You know, the, the unthankful, there's just, they're just a certain sparseness, a barrenness to their life. Pretty empty. I'll tell you the big one is thankful people are forgiven. They know it, and they live it. The unthankful, they're guilt-ridden. Here is where I fear the church has failed. I read a book a few years ago called Churches That Abuse, and it wasn't talking about the obvious things. It was talking about churches by, who, by their teaching, abuse people by putting them on guilt trips by manipulating them with guilt and money and God knows what else. And that is abusive. We don't think of it that way. My son, as I mentioned, is in town, and uh, he, he always gives me kind of the scuttle, but I used to, many, many years ago, it seems like a few lifetimes ago, I was a pastor outside of Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, he was talking about some different churches. One particular church, which is a, which is a, a I'm talking a church of five or 6,000, which is not unusual down there, um, how the pastor was, was, uh, kind of berating the congregation. And he said something like this, me and so-and-so and so many other people, I don't know, a few hundred people, we were down at, I don't know what it was, like a, a mission or a soup kitchen or something, while the rest of you were out tailgating. First of all, I got several problems with that. 
First of all, if you want to really empty a church in the South, just start talking about football and how bad it is. They'll just, you know what, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll, have, a, you'll have an empty church in about two weeks. You just, that's one thing. And I don't blame them. I don't want to listen to some guy bash football. I love football. Right? But the other thing about that, the thing, the thing that bothers me, a couple of things that really bother me significantly, and that is this. What's wrong with tailgating? You know? I got invited to a tailgate party this morning after the early service. He said, hey, we're going to go to the Giants game, come for the tailgate party and leave. And I said, and he told me what they had to eat. And I was tempted because it was like ribs and chicken and, you know, just. Um, now, I realize there are some things that happen at some tailgate parties that shouldn't happen. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the concept of a party and fun and community and, and, and maybe even making friends. Oh, my gosh. How horrible is that? You know? And the other, you know, and to compare the two. So can I be at a tailgate or a party or something and, and be as, as, as spiritual as a person who went to the mission? Absolutely you can. And to try to draw a comparison there is, is one of my problems with the freaking church. It's one of my problems. I'm sorry. I, I could get really passionate about this. It's one of my problems with church today. They try to make some of those distinctions. And it's like, you know what? Not only are you wrong, I don't even like you. You know, or the horse you rode in on. So, 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 I'm sorry, that's ugly, wasn't it? I have forgiveness and I apologize. Okay, but I do feel that way. Would you sit back there the next time? You do that to me all the time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, I, I do get passionate about that. Because it's, it's, it's making distinctions where God doesn't make them and where the Bible doesn't make them. And we're, we're to live as forgiven people because we are, once we come to Christ and say, God, thank you for Jesus. I want to trust you. I want to live my life that way. And I want to thank you for the forgiveness that you provide for me every day. Let me just say this. I've got to quit. But let me just say this. I get more passion on this when I start talking about this stuff. Um, one of my, I don't want to put anybody down. I've probably already done that a couple times. That's one of the reasons I don't understand about the whole, some of you have a Catholic background. That's one of the things I don't understand about confession. I'm so thankful I wasn't raised Catholic because I'd be in the confession booth about 12 times a day, you know? And the truth is, we all need confession, and the concept of confession is very biblical, and it's very important, but we do it to Jesus, and we do it all the time, all day long. And we come to him and say, God, please forgive me. And you know what? He will every time when we come to Christ. Let me just say this. We've got to stop. Henry Ward Beecher, great, great preacher of the 1800s. Read sometimes about him. Some controversial character. A lot of stuff may have happened or maybe didn't happen. In the 1800s, I, I wish I'd lived then, preacher, ministers were considered rock stars. I'm, I'm really, in history, I'm serious. They would, I mean, people would gather every week, every night at different places to come hear a certain minister come speak because that's what they did for entertainment. I lived, I, I, I lived out of my time. I wish I had, you know, now we're just like, you know, buy old poor rich lunch or something. But anyway, um, Henry, Henry Ward Beecher was a very famous New England preacher, um, taught at Yale, did a bunch of other stuff, and there's some controversy around his life, but he said some amazing things. Let's look at this, because he takes this whole thing, that, this whole list right here. The unthankful heart discovers no mercies But let the thankful heart sweep through the day. As the magnet finds the iron, so it will find in every hour some heavenly blessings. Is that great or what? The unthankful heart doesn't find any mercies. 
The thankful heart sweeps through the day. Finds one blessing after another. And I would just say, may God, who gives abundantly, give us the ability to receive graciously the sensitivity to discern the everyday blessings of life and the awareness to live thankfully. I want to close in prayer. Before I do that, I want to get the band to come on up. Um, Because I want them to give you the final encouragement musically. And this is a great, I mean, this is a great song. I mean, we're talking about depth. There's some depth to this. You've got to listen for it, but it's there. Just listen to some of these words. I'll just, just a couple of them as, 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 the, as the guys and gals get ready. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Only you can let it in. Live your life with arms wide open. Today is where your book begins. The rest is still unwritten.